You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Born to be kings, we're the princes of the Hey, good morning. It'd be Friday, TGIF. We made it to another one here on Dick and Skippy in the mornings. I'm the aforementioned Skippy. With me, as always, is the Dickmeister. Hello. It'd be Friday, January the 10th, 2020. What are they calling it now? BCE? No, BCE. CE as a common. Instead of Anno Domini, it's supposed to be Common Era, so we don't offend anybody. But you know what? I'm old. I'm yelling at people to get off my lawn. So I'm going to say 80, and uh, it's overcast and dreary outside, and it's going to get worse. Current temperatures right now in uh, downtown Conroe are 71 degrees. It's going to get up another 5 degrees. About 2 o'clock today, there's a storm coming. Is it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and it's going to be going to, you know, about a middle, about 12 hours, well, 16 hours, actually, I guess. <clears throat> and uh, the weather updates are kind of all over the map right now. We're going to flood, we're going to die, Tornado Alley, or nothing. I mean, no one really knows, so uh, just be cautious out there driving. Wear layers. Uh, if there's a big puddle of water in front of you, don't drive into it. Um, I think that's about it. Leave extra space between you and the car in front of you. All right. Because if you slam the brakes, you're going to skid into them, and it's, you know, it could be bad. And uh, fill your bathtub with water. So you can I drink mean, it. How on? Are we saying that it's going to be like DEFCON 2? Some of the news reports are, are making it sound like that. And, I, and I'll see. In, I've got to be okay. in downtown Houston tonight or midtown Houston for a show. So apparently I'm going to be driving down to Houston in the midst of all of this. And it's going to be. So I, who knows? I could be trapped in midtown Houston tonight. I think that, I'll need that, a St. Bernard with, you know, the little casket collar that's got the rum inside of it yeah yeah i'll need one of those to rescue me i had this a pathetic image in my mind of you just holding on to this dog like <laughs> oh thank you so much well you've seen how tall i am right i could yeah. ride the dog yeah. i could just hop up on it and it could take me that's out funny. like like shadow facts well besides the weather uh we do have a guest today we do we got community icon tina lockhart yeah. coming in she's been a uh, friend of the studio for a while, and uh, she's going to be talking about. Some, I think she's going to bring in a guest with her. Going to be talking about some nonprofit and yeah, uh, what's community going on stuff. Town and a lot of it too. So that's exciting. She also does a show with Leo over at Bean Punk uh, on their Facebook page, and uh, which happens to be one of our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Bean Punk Coffee. We love you. And yeah, so that's it. That's coming around ten o'clock. Uh, I do want to remind the listeners right now, we are still giving away uh, tickets to the 63rd Annual Houston Money Show happening at the Lone Star Convention Center next weekend. Next Friday and Saturday. Uh, yeah, next weekend on the 17th to 18th. Uh, it's $3 to get in. They want you to come, so they gave us a bunch of passes. If you want some, just private message us or call text 936-228-9368, and we'll arrange for you to come pick them up here at the downtown Conroe Studios. Uh, let's move on to whatever we want to talk about. Yeah. So uh, I saw that Iran shot down the plane. I saw that. They, Appar- they, apparently so. No, apparently, they, I thought they admitted it. 
Uh, or someone, no, some mouthpiece told me something. <clears throat> the the last thing a an official government entity is going to do is say, "Yeah, we blew up it and happened. killed." Because, uh, yeah, there's no backing out of that one. No, they're currently a bulldozing the the crash site right now and still refusing to turn uh. over the black box. But the video came out where it's looking pretty pretty much. Like uh, someone shot it down. A missile shot it down, and the thought because this is just before the missile attack on the base, and and they feel that it was, quote mistakes were made end quote. Uh, so not look not looking good for them right now uh, is as far as where where they're standing. I, I know that I had those on Facebook who were telling their kids run to Canada now the draft's coming back we're all going to die in nuclear war and and so far so good now i don't want to be glib you, you know uh, it's an unstable region it's an unstable situation you know never know what's going to happen I but feel i like, really think I feel we're like going to survive happens this year. so fast well yeah that, like the immediate impact on the the average person is insignificant mm-hmm. and but- so, because it's funny, because on both sides, like I know President Trump even said, you know, the hundred billion that Obama gave. Now, now understand that <clears throat> that's not what happened. We just didn't pile a hundred billion dollars in, in pallets and send it over to Iran to say, you know. But what happened? They deal was struck. What did what, what did we send them? Okay, we released, we froze Iranian assets to the tune of fifty billion dollars. The the, the hundred billion dollars was the United States and other countries too. United States held uh, frozen assets right, of about I, I fifty billion, story, yeah. and so those were released, saying you know to Iran, okay, we'll do. Well, of course, Iran never really fully lived up to its terms of the nuclear agreement, which is why President Trump pulled out of it. But so while Trump was wrong with saying that you know the missiles were paid for with money that Obama gave them. That's not technically true. Show me the receipts. They did buy it with their own money that we had, and we gave to them, saying, "Please don't make a nuclear bomb." And the, they went on, and proceeded with that anyways. So both sides are right and wrong on this issue. But the simple fact remains is what that what can you do? Who cares whose money what it was bought do? with? What can you do? Yeah, well, you you can say who cares whose money the missiles were bought with. They lobbed missiles at us. You don't what do that. Can you do? <laughs> well, you you say we're gonna we're gonna spank you. Oh, okay. Well, uh, outside that, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, <clears throat> I'm staggered that uh, the Speaker Pelosi is still holding on to the impeachment articles. I mean, it's... Does that really, like, is that what you read every day? Do you have, like, a, a status update from Ms. Pelosi? Like, well, I status update a lot of people to oh, see yeah? what's going on, but the fact is, is that... Is that the new Me Too? Stats- <laughs> well, that's I the thing. I status update a lot of people, man. A month ago, Speaker Pelosi was saying that Trump was, quote, an existential threat to this country. Now, for those of you who don't Can know what the not- word existential means... I mean, come on. These people have been working there for X amount of years... Think about the fervor. They know, like that's just. It's think all, about the fervor and the fever to impeach. You know, to to get the articles of impeachment it was like we just got to get these witnesses in. Okay, we got it's done, and now we're pushing a month later. And the whole well, we want to make sure the trial's fair. That's again, it's just like a grand jury saying wanna, we're not going to give you politics. this indictment until you tell us who's on the jury. I mean, you literally can't stupid. do that. It's, it is against everything in the American judicial process. And it's not, that's just not looking good. And I'd love to hear a returning view on this one. Because you, you know me, I, I, I've i got a platform, I use it to talk, I reach some people, but I also like 
being debated and discussed and, and having counterpoints. I don't want to be the only voice talking about this. But from my perspective, it's just not looking good to hold on to these much longer. Well, to have held on to them this long is, is bad. So, but all right. <clears throat> considering many weeks ago, it'll be all right. This Sean. person was telling the world, "This man's very existence is a threat to." to well, she's a the peculiar world. kind of person when it comes to, and and you know what's funny to me is why you know they have the speaker of the house, so I imagine that's why she's always in front of the podium, and it, she's mm-hmm. the she's the target you single out. Rightfully and rightfully so, she's the spokesperson. So it, for I, I feel like if they're going to be smart about diffusing the skepticism people are going to have about them, not releasing, you have to have other people up there say it. So if everyone doesn't think it's just her holding on for four months. It's like, but gotta, it is her holding on. I know, but you there's no one else. To, it's all about perception. Who's she going to put up? Bob stuff. the intern? Is he going to? No, just give give other some other person the to unnamed yell at. whistleblower. You know, basically what you do is you use Trump's activities against him. So whoever he gave a nickname to, you have them up there. Well, and I do know that for for a couple of days, like, oh, he's he's declaring war on Iran, just like Clinton did uh, to get our minds off the impeachment. No, it's already over and done with. The de-escalation already happened. It was like forty eight hours of. You know, I always thought it would be a funny a funny gag if uh, Donald Trump, if he does win the election, he should send jerseys like sports jerseys to all the nickname people he he gave, <laughs> and then, and it's like let's work as a team, like ha- like you know, a little note. And it's like Team Trump. And Looking forward to working with you for the next his, four years. His, his, <laughs> That's funny. And I got to understand, I, I am not good. a fan of Trump doing that. You know, giving people nicknames. It, cheap, it cheapens his position. So, you know, uh, again, no, no, no think, one's fully I, right. I mean, no I think anyone wrong. can do whatever they want. And then they, he well, knows he what the consequences is. He can. He's literally are. the strongest... You know, so, most powerful person in the world. Can, but some of those people need to get some people need to get called out when it comes down to accountability and expectations. Because the thing that really I think bothers a lot of people is they're starting to see that people who are involved in the pol- politics who enforce and vote for policies about our lives that have been involved in that for like forty years. It's like, what has really happened? What have y'all really done? And I think that's kind of amazing to me. Is even if you're a smart liar, you should be able to build a platform around you saying, look at all these accomplishments. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, all these uh, all these people running for office who are going for presidency, they're not saying, like, if you know, they're not really saying anything. <clears throat> not a single like, word has been said about their accomplishments because literally, literally it's more about this is what I'm either going to give you or this is what I'm going to do against Trump or this yeah, is there what is, for the I'm last do. three and a half years, and it's crazy to me. there has literally been no... Especially a person like Joe momentum. Biden who's been involved... Like I was reading that well, he, he was out of it for. Well, I was reading. Several years. I was reading that he ran for president. I think it was mm-hmm. like in the early '90s or something, and he got caught for plagiarizing speeches, or something. Like there was a big, and he dropped out because he got caught again. He got caught twice. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, so you've been involved. Politicians, you- entertainers, and sports figures are always the first to be forgiven for past transgressions. So you look at Ted Kennedy. I mean, pretty much. Killed his secretary slash lover. What we should do is you, we should devise a way and he's the lion of that the if party. you choose to run for president, you can't run for office at any time ever again in any position. Like you're risking, you're risking your political career. Okay, you, you, you can still do local stuff, but I mean, you're just. Well, that would take out. a constitutional what, amendment. What, what, I think, what is but, it here locally? If you run for, you can't become like a. I think it's a it's an officer position. Like if you run, you can't be a police officer anymore if you lose. 
Well, is that sheriff or is that constable? What is that it? That could be now. You get, well, you lose your rank or something. Like I've there, there, there could be that. But also, here's the thing. Um, you know, I was part of a political race a few years ago for constable, and uh, you know, I was I was doing um, campaign work for. Is that what it is though? For is it someone constable? who lost, and so the man he lost to, he knew that the man. Here's the thing: if you're running. Well, we can actually put this on the national stage where Obama and Clinton were running. And, of course, Clinton, Hillary Clinton was very unhappy that Obama won. Well, yeah. It was supposed to be Who her. likes to lose? And he turns around and gives her secretary of state. And when that happened, my thought was a backroom deal had been made. And I'm not talking illegal or, or improper, but just basically I'm saying, listen— Go out gracefully, uh, and then I'll, well, here's the, I'll keep you in the inner circle. I'll keep you in the cap. You know, I'll keep you secretary of state, and then in eight years, because remember she became. I think she after his first round, he became senator. She became senator of New York, and then after that, after he won the second time, if memory serves, that's when he said, "Look, just be um, secretary of state." And my sense is that he said, and then when I, you know, I will support you when. It's time for me to step down at the end of my second term. And if you notice, he didn't. And I feel that's because he knew the smoking guns about Benghazi, emails, so uh, her, the DNC's email, the, the DNC's shenanigans with, you, you know, uh, Sanders, you know, yeah. uh, stacking the, the debate in her favor and stuff, which I'm well, he was you, very have, silent. We should have a thing where you got to get punished a little bit for taking so, the risk. But the fact that, because that's the, pretty much the only reason why he would give her Secretary of State, because she really wasn't qualified for it. What you know, qualifies you? What kind of school do you have to go to? International, to well, to be an interna- a, a politician with international reach. So you have reach, to know at least four ambassador. languages? No. The basic languages? You need to know what happens outside your... Well, everyone, I'm on Twitter. States. I know what goes on. <laughs> right. So actually, I'm not on Twitter. So same thing with like uh, an office. Let's say I'm running against you for an office, and we smack talk each other, and you win. I know the last thing you're going to do is hire me. So I've essentially lost my job. You know. So that that's what that's about, and that's what happened in this campaign that I'm talking about. That someone was running for uh, a county position. Mm-hmm. I, I represented him in this campaign. He unfortunately lost. Um, but the guy he ran against, you know that this the guy that won was not going to offer him a job. Oh. You let him keep his current position. Is that how it works sometimes? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Now, sometimes you do. And again, that's just... why I'm pointing out Obama did offer Clinton. I don't think it was a bone. It wasn't a pity thing because Secretary of State's nothing to be sneezed at. But I really feel it was, okay, listen, I'll give you this if you shut up. And play, you know, toe the line, and then I'll give you support in four years. And over that amount of time, that's when he was learning some stuff that she was doing. And he's like, you're not getting my support. And that's where there was more grief. Remember, he was oddly silent during the 2016 elections. Over who, No one knew who he supported. And he had literally nothing to lose by saying, I support Bernie. I support yeah. Rubio. I support Trump. I support Clinton. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, it, they're all, they're not, I mean, it's whatever. Yeah. It's intriguing. I mean, it really is in the in the full sense of the word that there is intrigue happening. Well, that's that's what I was saying. That's the, that's what kind of concerns me is when you have you're in a position where things are lining up and you're going to become you want to be the the leader of the United States. It's like let's talk about what you've done. And a lot of people maybe they do in their local speeches, like their town halls and stuff. But literally, but nothing's it, been done comes, by Congress for three and a half years. It's all been investigation. Yeah. 
uh, and impeachment hearings. So they don't have a platform. It's sad. Uh, and I'm uptight on both parties for this one that no one can run. Uh, the, uh, ironically, the only person who can run on forward momentum is Trump. By saying, you know, record low unemployment, yeah. you know, record what are high, the talking this points and that. that He's the out. only one that can say that. No one running against him can say, well, I've accomplished this because it hasn't. So it's all going to be anti the current president. But as long as some numbers are where they are, that's going to be hard. And I'm really uptight at the congressional levels because no one's done anything. And if you notice, all the Democrats running right now, we're not hearing much about the Republicans running, <clears throat> but all the Democrats running right now uh, are... <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm reading uh, uh, comments popping up. They, where no are, where are comments pop, popping up? Sean? On our Facebook on feed. On our Facebook feed. That's right. Join the conversation. Hello, Mike. Good to, good to hear you, my, my friend. <clears throat> good to hear from you. But on, on both sides, anyone running for a higher office right now cannot say what they've done is an accomplishment. Over this, this past session, who? What can Warren, Elizabeth Warren say she's done? What can Joe Biden say he's done? What can, even she's figured out how to Bloomberg. use. She's probably she's figured out how to use her phone, you know, with the Instagram and stuff. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy I enjoy that kind of stuff. Right. She really does seem like the typical person who does not connect with technology. Where they, she has that pause, like, "Am I doing this right?" And then mm -hmm. she's like, oh, I'm on. Okay. And it'll be interesting to see, should any Republicans opt to seriously run against Trump, what their platform will be. Because, again, there are certain numbers that are there that makes it hard to say. Uh, they'd have to run on the platform of, well, he's a bloviating blowhard, <clears throat> and or he's not, you know, he doesn't have the experience or this and that. I'm more experienced. But as long as these numbers are where they are when it comes time to Yeah, to, I don't really know. I, I, he's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to determine what influences a person's vote and well i would love to have a presidential election cycle where everybody involved let's let's say trump wins again so it's four years in the future where he can't run again so it's all fresh blood i would run again on both sides i think you should wear a costume like mrs doubtfire style <laughs> do it like the masked singer <laughs> Mrs. Just put, no. on a, put on a penguin <laughs> Who costume who's who's our new president oh my god it's katie perry oh man no no they should do uh, he should do miss doubtfire pretend to be somebody else yeah <laughs> I can see that happening, too. But I would love, you know, if Trump were to win this next election, and so the next election after that, like, no, you know, no incumbents, I would love to see that because that's where, that would be based on character as well as uh, accomplishments. past accomplishments. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe that's what this it, time around the dust will settle, and then we're finally... Anyone running right now is basically, the, their platform is, well, I'm... I'm not, I'm, I'm not as obnoxious as him. Yeah, pretty much. Or, or like, I'll do this for you. But what are they all? Well, that's why the, the free hug. Now, I do want to talk about. Um, no, we're not going to talk about that. We're done with the political we're, talk. We're done over. with political talk? It's okay. Over. Okay, it's is over. it over? You want to talk about health care? No. Okay. No, I don't. I don't. I don't want to talk about that. Okay. But do, uh, we can, uh, listeners can tell us what to talk about, though, on Facebook.com slash Dick and Skippy because our guest is coming in at 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, I know uh, the movie 1917 is coming, uh, is coming out, and it won a couple awards. I am fascinated by and the concept. I've got to watch this I movie. I think it's going to be one of those movies that you're going to be on your D-box. Right? Well, apparently... They so really need to change so that Sam name, by the way. <laughs> I mean, that, when, you, when you bring it up in comedy, like, you I'm just D -box. sitting on that D-box, dude. Well, it sounds like a curse. I'm going to call you a D-box. I call you a D-box. Yeah. But, a D-box uh, on both your houses. That movie, that movie looks like it'd be like you, you, you absorb it all in one breath. You're like, that was intense. I yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this. Uh, it's a Sam Mendes film, and it's shot. 
like it's one long scene. Um, and I know other films have tried that in the past. There's Rope uh, that Alfred Hitchcock did. Uh, Children of Men had several scenes where they were like 10, well, when you say one long. shot, it means there's not there's not cuts, right? So let's make sure people know that because, like, when you say like not, like one shot, that, that to me is just a timeline. Like, yeah, it all so, happens in so like twenty four. It looks like yeah. Well, it looks like there there are no cuts. So what they'd have to do it's. Uh, you know, when you need to reset the scene or something, because I couldn't do the whole thing as, as one. Why not? If you're going to challenge yourself, uh, there was you a film. Kind of it was called Russian Art right? that actually tried to do that. Well, they did do it. They did an entire film in one shot. Where I mean, there was no the whole thing. Like you move over to something black, and then you cut the That's film, and cool. then you bring it out out of black. I mean, it was literally done as one shot. And uh, but in 1917 looks astounding. Uh, hats off to Sam Mendes just for the mendacity and the audacity to put on something so visceral. Uh, and it, with uh, the shtick of it being one shot, but not promoting it as such. You know, come see the film that looks like it's it's one thing. And um, so I'm looking forward to that one. I, I'm inspired to start hitting the cinemas this year. I saw Star Wars on the big screen and loved it. I want to go see. Didn't he do the Thin Red Line? Who did Thin Red Line? Mendez? I don't, yeah. I don't think Mendez did Thin Red Line. Is that Terrence? Yeah, it's Terrence Malick. People, yeah, it's Malick. always weird to get weird, like weird directors doing war films, kind of like Dunkirk and stuff. Like that kind of stuff is, is kind of wild to me when they when you give a creative person a, a storyline that happens around a war, mm-hmm. and especially like this one. This movie is about World War One, which I think strategically, I'd be interested to hear historians talk about how. Fun and what? Not fun, but it's exciting. Was there a lot of movement? Or, but to me, there's a lot of stalemates in my well, mind. Well, yeah, you, there was uh, World War One. So how do you make it? How do you make warfare. a movie of a you know a trench war? Well, it's, it's where one, one of my someone favorite, starts lobbing mortars at the other side. One of my favorite movies was based around World War One's uh, very long engagement. I thought you were going to say Wonder Woman. No, oh, I guess yeah, that was World War One, wasn't it? Yeah, and they actually made it World War One when historically it's been World War Two. And I love that because no one thinks about the Great War, World War One. Yeah, well, I think all, a lot of the politics and the foreign, the foreign, like a lot of nations back then, because there were several nations that are not even existing today that were involved in that, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just kind of like no one really knows unless your great grandfather's still around, such as the Soviet Union. Yeah, so and I, many others. Now, uh, one of our listeners who's chiming in, Michael. Uh, sorry, he's going to be known. We need to get him on the air here as well as maybe on the ticket oh, stuff. Oh, is he a historian? He's an historian. He's a former news know. producer, and he used to uh, have a, a video a cast, a podcast called Movie Minute with Maiko. And so he loves his movies, too. I think he can give any one of us a run for our money And when it comes to movie talk. So, uh, Maiko, yeah, it's your fault for, for logging on and chiming in today. I'm no, going to be on you like white on rice. I like Sam Mendes. He makes all right movies. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. But this has the Jonas brother in it, I think. So I'm like totally. See, I don't even it. know who's in it. Like, I've just seen. It's all English people, so majority. They're of taking it. over every. They're taking over American jobs. If you notice that, I think they Sam come. Eighty percent so. of the Walking Dead cast is British. I mean, you know, they come. They cross our borders with their funny accents, and they take I our think American they probably jobs. Film, they film that in Georgia. Or yeah, where Atlanta. So they're importing. There's only people. one place more hot and humid than Houston, and that's Atlanta, Georgia. That's funny. And they, I, you got to feel for these people because they got to, you know, Negan's got to wear his leather jacket and stuff, and they got to pretend it's from wintertime. And uh, yeah, 
You can tell they're sweating. Yeah, you want a good, you want job security. Be a, a professional face blotter, you know, production assistant who keeps the sweat off people's faces uh, in between takes. You always have a job in Georgia. But Georgia's become one of those uh, uh, tax incentive friendly places. Come uh, film here. I thought it was an abortion place. Oh, yeah, it was that. Yeah, it was Jack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, you can call us at. <laughs> In fact, uh, well, what, is, what, what, what is our, our line in case people want to chime in on the phone? Oh, if you want to call in and leave a message. 832 228 93. Yeah, you're right. 9368. Yeah. 832 228 9368. You can call in. Uh, you can uh, text yeah, us. Yeah, because I remember them talk. you know, celebrities like boycott. Uh, it had to have been Georgia. Like, don't make your movies there. And apparently, that's where they make all the Marvel movies. Yeah, a lot of and Georgia it, yeah, and opened it's like, up. People yeah. are refusing to work there. and Well, for a while it was a thing. And then, you know what? George is doing just fine with with the films there. You know, you got the insta boycott. Oh, we didn't like what they had to say about this. Well, it makes me think it's like, you know, when you get your Screen Actor Guild together and make a statement, I guess that's one thing. But if it's individuals who get to choose their roles, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah. And George, you know, Georgia. Basically, they've opened up some substantial tax incentives to say, "Come shoot here. We'll make it very film friendly for you." And so, more and more places are doing that. Well, I think every, I mean, a lot of places are doing that, right? Yeah, but there are those for a while. So there, if you're an the actor Houston right now, area was so if you're an that. actor, because I know you're an actor, mm-hmm. and you had the flexibility, would you move to Atlanta? No. Well, when you're in a series like that, you can afford to rent a place. And have two homes and fly home. Well, because like you know, you're growing up and you're 17 years old right now, and you're finishing up your school, and you want to be an actor. Uh-huh. Where do you go? It depends. Well, no, like you just want to be an actor. You go what to kind LA. of actor? Film, well, I mean, stage, you want to be Brad Pitt. TV. You want to be Brad Pitt. Okay, well, Brad Pitt's not much of a stage actor, so you go out to L.A. Okay, so L.A. is the mm-hmm. vi- the camera actor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you wouldn't go to like an Austin, or you wouldn't go to Austin's good for independent films. So is Houston. Um, in fact, you know, we're shooting a film Yeah, but it's in not near as, like, as Austin. It's getting there. It's called the Third Coast, and the Houston-Austin area is becoming more and more popular for f- films to be shot. Because think about it. Within Texas, you can get coastline. You can get mountains. You can get flatness. You can get desert. You know, you know, within two hours, you can go from an ocean to tumbleweeds. Is Georgia where Tyler Perry opened up his studio? Uh, probably. He I opened have up no his career. I was reading about his, that studio he built, I and mean, it's nuts. It's like three times as big as Paramount Studios mm-hmm. and all this kind of craziness and how many how many actual projects he's involved in, not personally, but his company is. Uh-huh. I mean, he's, he's, good on he's, him. He's gonna be he's gonna be owning like thirteen percent of what's every produced every year almost. Wow, I can see it. Solid choice. So just like Apple. Do <laughs> <Yeah>. you <laughs> think they're recovering from the Golden Globes? Oh yeah, oddly the world's still seeing, spinning. I'm seeing on a lot axis. of people. My favorite one of videos I'm seeing is the Harvey Weinstein jokes, and then like they're they're clipping in actors thanking Harvey Weinstein, and then I'm thinking, and then another one was like, you know, it's Ricky Gervais saying don't make political statements, just get off the stage, and then it's like everyone who made a political statement it was mm-hmm. pretty funny. I do find it interesting that they're saying that the uh, Oscars again this year, the Academy Awards, will be hostless. Well, I'm telling you, that's a smart move. No, the smart move would have been to make Ricky Gervais the host of that, too. No, the smart move was give it Kevin to Hart. That would, right? <laughs> that would create some controversy. <clears throat> Get every failed or removed host they've ever had. Yeah, well, David Letterman. I, 
Well, I mean, to me... Did you see the David Letterman Oscars? No, I didn't. Oh, it was painful to watch, in my humble opinion. It was painful. Where Do you think he's an acquired taste? Because yes. I never really found him funny. Oh, I never, uh, I never did. But maybe I just mi- I'm just i missing the mark on his jokes. Like, he's... Because at least when Jay Leno, when Jay Leno tried to make a joke, you could tell he's trying to make a joke. Oh yeah, he would push it till you got it. Uh, and like Letterman David was more Letterman of a and, get, it, get the joke or don't. Well, he, I really don't he, care. He, yeah, he reminded me of like your grandfather's best buddy who would hang out and you know and play dominoes, and he'd just be a mean person. Mm-hmm. But like his meanness was his humor. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't really have like I'm still waiting for the hook here. Like where where where's the positivity in you? Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I never really understood that. But no, I think the Oscars, and especially the Golden Globes, th- those folks need, and they did smart thing by getting Ricky because they made it entertaining for the viewer. They made it meta. Because that's why I like Billy Crystal hosting, because mm-hmm. it was entertaining for the viewer. I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, when you create such a, when you create something that's almost equally important as the best picture winner, like who wants to know, that's why I'm tuning in. But they also create an alternative, like, oh, I'm tuning in because I want to see what Billy Crystal does next in a skit. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's important because when you have a dry year like last year's Oscars for movies, it's like all these movies sucked. I watched all those movies. I tell, I remember I mean talking yeah, about that. Yeah, you said you were going to go on that quest. We, well, we it. went to Alamo Draft House in Austin. We watched the Oscars. We had we dressed up with my best buddy, and then like but before that, for two days, we watched pretty much starting from Best Picture all the way down to cinematography. Like we watched, like we were just watching movies, watching movies, and eating sandwiches, and that's what we did. And I was like, man, these movies suck. And at, like overall, like this year's movies, ten times better. So the the worst yeah, so far, I agree well the war ceremony. That's what I think more people would be interested in. Who wins because it's highly competitive. Good movies were made, but you got to create something in between to make it entertaining. Because mm-hmm. basically, if you have no, if you don't have a host or any other game plan, why why am I tuning? I'll just tune in tomorrow on when I pick up right, the paper. Well, or that's kind of my point. And to have a hostless Oscars is not unlike Houston for the longest time. Channel thirty nine had. Um, this program called Newsmax or New, oh Newsfix, sorry Newsfix, and it was a anchorless news show. So everything was just you know they'd send a cameraman and possibly a reporter to go out somewhere shoot it, and then they'd edit together for that evening, and you'd watch it. So there'd be no one there going good evening, and next on the news this and yeah. that. It would just be that. It was brave for the at the beginning, but then it's like people want. To have the the one voice, or you know, they want to hear the same weatherman and see him or her weather person. Sorry, I didn't mean to get misogynist there. Uh, well, I mean, I can imagine local news stations people get f- afraid because they didn't see Dominique for like two weeks. I can see that, but yeah. like you know, <laughs> conspiracy theory. Oh, someone killed her. That she's not coming back. But you know, I was reading a comment. Uh, <laughs> one of our our top fans, Brett, was talking about World War One. With the 18th century empires trying to fight 19th century wars with 20th century weapons, I find it really interesting. And then I wanted to ask him mm-hmm. if he's still listening. Oh, uh, he is. He's still commenting. When it came to the people in power during that time during World War One, was it true that a lot of them were all related in one way or another, especially in Europe? Well, yeah, there was a lot of when I say crossbreeding, I'm not talking like Alabama style. Well, because that was kind of like the because that's how previously alliances were forged. It's like yeah, you're going to marry off my, my granddaughter yeah. or whatever. Exactly. Because I was reading, someone said like, yeah, a lot of people. I was basically saying like a lot of people didn't realize everyone was kind of related in one way or another. So 
you know, someone's fighting Turkey. Well, it turns out the person who's in charge of Turkey is my first cousin. And though they say, well, what started the Great War was Archduke Ferdinand being assassinated. Yeah, that was the catalyst, but understand what came from that. That wasn't like because of that one death, we immediately got plunged to war. It was okay, now our government has to support this person and go against that person. But this treaty says that they got to come with us, but this treaty, but that same treaty goes against, you know, there, there were treaties and pacts and contracts that almost nullified each other, you know, when you broke them down to who could support who, and, and that's where it got really messy. It, let, let's say... We, let's say we have two allies that go to war. Yeah. Let, let's say, I don't know, Israel goes to war with England. Who do we support? Who, who's the United States? Well, no, if you're smart, you, no, we have a you, special you support neither. And when one defeats someone else, they're weak and you strike them. And then you take and then you ah, win both things. But we have uh, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Yeah. We have NATO that says, oh, no, you can't not be involved. You must honor your treaties and your pacts and your contracts. The, the but now we have a special relationship with England. So my thought was we we side with England more than uh, Israel. But here's the thing: Israel's our strongest stronghold. Pardon the redundancy there uh, in the Middle East. So we can't afford to give them up either. So but, but it's like you gotta you know both come calling saying we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know you just gotta play that you gotta play the hand that's dealt you, dude. Right? Yeah. You got to know when to hold And them. one of our listeners know on Facebook is talking about uh, his prediction is the year's this year's Oscars will be the lowest viewing. I agree. Oh, uh, I'll see if they don't I, nominate I Joker or Endgame, uh, like I said, there's no really need, there's no appeal to watch it. Everyone's going to do what I do. You can just wait till tomorrow and see who I, won. I look at the best and worst of Yeah, because no I mean, because I can understand... The first time a political statement was made during the Oscars, that created like, oh, I wonder who's going to do something crazy next. But now it's, it's almost expected. The, the de rigueur, right? So well, like, it was I, I want, shocking. What happened to Marlon, Marlon Brando doing mm -hmm. his his sticks? Lillian Feathersword or whatever name when it turned out. She, yeah, that was like, it. That's funny to me because he had the. He, I mean, that because you know someone in the back was like, he has the audacity. Oh, to I remember do the that. the Oscars where the streaker ran behind David Niven. Ooh, see, I didn't know I was that. young. Now, now it's funny because the cameraman caught him from the waist up, thankfully. But yeah, it's uh, those were the shocking things. Now, I always felt that that was a setup because literally, how are you going to get a streaker standing off stage to, to run across? I guess you could do it at the red carpet event, but I think that's so reg regular. No, but no, this was there. on the Oscar stage. How so did this who was it? Some guy. I, I just remember he had long hair and a mustache, as uh, porn stash as everyone did in the 70s. Yeah. But that it was, sounds exciting. Every now and then something would happen that would go, oh my gosh. But as you said, it became, the it's the new norm. And so, yeah, I would love to, I would love to have a self-congratulatory award ceremony, such as the Golden Globes with or streakers. the Oscars, with people just saying, look, the self-awareness. And that's why I love Ricky Gervais in this. I've never been a full Ricky Gervais fan, but I loved him in this scenario because he called it exactly for what it was, where he said, you are the last people in the world well, qualified what blows to be my talking about world affairs. Is I imagine the industry uses the Oscars for people to be encouraged to see these movies, but there's so many opportunities within the Oscars to even bump that even further. Yeah, well, here's the thing, because the Oscars at the beginning of the year where you're talking about last year's movies. Yeah. So it's like we're going to take away from people coming to see this year's movies and say, okay, now go. we're going to go re-release 
you know, pick me something, Titanic again, um, or whatever the last year's movies were. I can't even name well, me a single. Well, they do a good job where they do, like, the best song, and they perform the song of the movie that's part of the entertainment. But then they—I'm surprised they don't do anything more into, like— you know, they do the memoriam, but they don't do anything more of like, how do they create this really unique shot in 1917? They do like a two minute snippet about yeah. how they use this type of technology. That way people who are watching like, oh, I kind of want to see that movie now because that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. But no, we just want to sit there and let them thank their mom and talk about global something or <laughs> whatever. Right. Uh, I, but yeah, I don't really care. I, I'm going to see some movies, though. That's for sure. The movies are really good this year. I yeah. really like it. I, I'm, I'm inspired. I can see you seeing the hidden link. Oh, the missing link. The missing link. Sorry. Yeah, when I heard that that one best animated film, just the characters on that just didn't blow my kilt up. Well, it's kind of like that uh, Horace and Gromit. Is that how you pronounce Wallace it? Wallace and Gromit. Wallace and Gromit. Like to me, if you show that to any young kid today, like, what's so special about these people? Yeah. And, but then, like, but a certain generation got. I mean, they, those that show has a, like, a grab on people. Well, it does, and especially people. But like, that initial grab, you got to go beyond it. Like, for instance, the guy that did Wallace and Gromit also did Chicken Run, which yeah. is one of the funniest movies I've That's ever seen. Like it's, they, it's, it's. But no one, no one wants to take a chance run. on those movies who have no idea about them. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm sitting there putting my posters up of the next animated movie I'm going to see, do I really want to see a, a person and his dog that look like Clay? Because that's who it is, right? I'm, like, yeah. I'm getting that. Why? They had. Well, yeah. They came out with a recent one that I wanted to see. It was, it was like a variation sh- of claymation. It, it was like Sheep Again or something like that. I missed that one. They're the same people, and apparently it's really good. Uh, it's about an, an, alien, uh, an alien comes and befriends a sheep. Well, that's why you know. I think that's what it is. With uh, Chicken Run, for instance, you had to have a Mel Gibson play the role. You had to have a big name to say, "Come watch this movie." It is a uh, Mel Gibson movie. Yeah, and that's what made people tune in a chicken run. We go, oh, we get it. Wallace and Gromit. Do they even the dog doesn't have to talk? No, no, dog. I'm is trying a, to dog is a straight man. I can hear his voice, but it's not the dog. It's the the man. Yeah, those guys get into hijinks, don't they? They do. <laughs> those wacky clay people. I I, I dig it. All right, so we're gonna be taking a break. We got our guest coming in. I'm excited to have Tina in the studio. Don't forget, we're on. Uh, we're on facebook.com slash dick and skippy we also are worldwide at irlonestar.com and uh yeah so anything else no we got it uh we got the guests already amassing outside well cool uh yeah we'll be right back you're listening to dick and skippy in the mornings thanks Cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832 689 7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpoint Coffee. Beanpoint Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpuntcoffee.com. See our complete list of special events. 
our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out ourlonestar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Texas Joe Bailey here, spokesman for Love Your Veterans. It's our mission to shine light on our forgotten heroes, and you too can show your support by joining us at the Love Your Veterans Montgomery County Christmas Market, December 5th and 6th at Bull Solace Park. Activities for the kids, such as photos with Santa and the Grinch, a marketplace to find amazing Christmas gifts, and it's all for a great cause. Learn more at loveyourveterans.org. Vendor registration is currently open. Hope to see you there. Hey, y'all. It's DJ Mike from Dance Simon, Texas. Join me Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. as I count down the top 10 Texas Red Dirt songs that are packing the dance floor. I'll be featuring local artists and the story behind the hits, shows in the area, as well as new songs that make you want to dance. It's Dance Time in Texas with DJ Mike on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC, Conroe, Texas, or online, IRLoneStar.com. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpunk Coffee. Beanpunk Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com see our complete list of special events. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936 647 37 Seven six with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back. Dick and Skippy in the mornings here. It's a Friday morning, 10 o'clock, 10.01 on the dot here on Friday, January 10th. AD or CE, take your pick. I don't care anymore. And so it's uh, 72 degrees outside. It's going to get up to 76. There's a storm coming, Dick. Say it, just for me. When? <laughs> uh, start about 2 o'clock this afternoon. All right. And going to about 2 o'clock in the morning. 12 hours of possible mayhem. You never know. Well, cool. So 
Thanks for letting me know something I need to look forward are to. You, are you stocked up in your pantry in case you're Yeah, you're I got my inside? bathtub full of water right now. Your bathtub now. full of water? Oh, yeah. Did you clean your bathtub first this time? No. Fool me once. It's been full since the last hurricane, so I'm, I'm kind of afraid of the water. Well, you know, if you if you dump a whole bunch of salt in it, it'll it'll purify it. Okay. Yeah. I'll do that. I'll make sure to do that. that. And then like Pepto too. I heard Pepto <laughs> cleans really well. It cleans me out, that's for sure. But my gastrointestinal issues aside, we got some guests in the studio, Dick. Cool. Tell me who's in the studio. Well, you know, they just kind of appeared out of nowhere. We got community icon Tina Lockhart Woo-hoo. here. She's a friend of the studio. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen her in a while. So. I know. It's good to be back home. My favorite pixie in the whole world. Oh, she you just know, there. you're my favorite man. Oh, I'm Christine blushing all over. Watch out. That's right. <laughs> Don't worry. There's enough Skippy to go around. That's right. And then she brought a special, uh, our special guest brought a special guest, who's Lynn Peverell, who is uh, the creator Yay. and executive producer. Sure. Of of yeah. a, are we really touchy about titles here? Yeah, right, well, you don't want to really. call someone the wrong. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't want to call someone the wrong title. Well, like, how do you like if you're an executive producer? How many executive producers are there? Which yeah. one? Uh, depending on how what, much money they give, it can be yeah. fifty. Because well, executive means like to me, like you're the one. A producer is actually producer, more important than an yeah. executive producer. I okay. am really the, I'm the producer, mm-hmm. but Bill and I have pretty much put all the money into it. Yeah. Also, because that so, would confuse right. me yeah. if I'm trying to call somebody and I'm like, hey, I'm looking at your call sheet and there's like nine producers. Mm-hmm. So who do I call? Well, that's where you call the primary producer uh, or the showrunner. But they call it primary producer? No, well, yeah. It's like, who's your primary On producer? On the business card, does it say primary producer? Oh, no, it'll say producer or, that's or saying, co-producer that's or whatever. But then again, you, if you're going to call them, you should have some basic knowledge of who's who. So well, tell me about the show and where can people find it? Oh, in Victor's well, Chronicles? Let's, let's yeah, in Victor's Chronicles. First, it's Lynn Peverell. <laughs> <laughs> we already did that. I did? Did I say her name? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> kind of glossed over that. Yeah, I think you said it, actually, darling. Mm-hmm. Anyway... <laughs> Yeah, no, we, we're, you know, I wrote a uh, Starship Adventure, and it's called Invictus Chronicles. Um, originally, it was meant to be a radio play, but then things got switched up, and then I rewrote it as a uh, full-length uh, feature film. So we've been working on that. That's it took me job. about a year and a half to write it and rewrite it and rewrite it again, <laughs> uh, with the help of Sean, by the way, who steered me in the right direction oh, thank you. for for uh, all of the rules there are when it comes to writing Starship Adventures, because you have to be careful not to take other people's ideas, and that's something I had to learn. So thanks to Sean for that. And uh, anyway, so we just wrote it, and um, people just started stepping forward, just... I had a videographer that stepped forward, and he's been filming for us, and he's been doing it out of the kindness of his heart, and my actors are all local. Um, They're all fabulous. I'm so blessed to have the talent that I've got. So we've been filming now since last year, spring, and we're down to the last few scenes. We've been taking it slow um, with basically my husband and I building sets and basically me doing costumes and... You know, I do have some makeup artists that have helped out, so it's been quite a ride. Now, I've seen some of the production shots. Now we got need to let listeners know that the uh, the pilot, the the original radio pilot episode, we actually broadcast here on mm-hmm. Lone Star That's Radio right. Troop. Mm-hmm. And now that it's podcast, if it's not on, mm-hmm. is it on the podcast now? Yeah, they should be on the YouTube. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So if you go to on the YouTube, on the you go to the YouTubes. 
you know, in French, they were the YouTubes, and um, uh, you can just type it Invictus Chronicles. No, it actually would be under Boneyard. The Boneyard. Boneyard. That's what the radio play was, the first radio mm-hmm. play. Um, Invictus Chronicles you'd find on Facebook. Gotcha. Um, uh, there's a page on Facebook called Invictus Chronicles. So under my name, Lynn Pepperell. There you go. Well, Dick says that he wants to be an alien. Always wanted to be in space. Yeah. Well, if this if this works out and we get through it, I've got a wonderful producer that stepped forward, or not a producer, but an editor that stepped forward that's a professional. And because we're family-oriented, he's interested. So yeah. he's going to be making all the magic happen. And he I'm said an to, excellent extra. Oh, I could yeah. eat a hamburger like anyone else is eating a hamburger <laughs> and just have casual. Oh, but as an extra, you may need to eat that same hamburger 14 well, times. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, it, it I'm dedicated. Not, it may not be a hamburger either. It might be something I'll bring. I'll provide my own might hamburger. Be ne- <laughs> it might be Necco wafers. Yeah, it could be. It could. Yeah, never know in this show. So anyway, but yeah, so um, if we get through this and we get through all the editing and we do what we're going to do with it, which I'm not quite sure yet what that's going to be, that's going to probably be up to my um, editor. He's got connections apparently. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how that goes. And then I'm interested in doing episodes after that. So I'm hoping to involve a lot of actors. So a movie to start it off. Mm-hmm. It is a Chronicles. And then episodes. So right. like 30 minute. Yeah. Yeah, it's not shorter. a big Chronicle singular. It's Chronicles right. plural. Right. So there are plans for this thing. It'll be easier to well, shoot. Well, maybe do another movie. Not no, just not no, just no, no. shows. <laughs> I think after the first movie, I, that's where it's like, yeah, well, there's there's got to be an easy way to do this. If only we could cut it down to half hour segments somehow. Yeah, yeah. Well, from from now on, once we're through with this, and all goes well, um, yes, we've already got. I've already got one. Uh, one of my um, actors has written a uh, an episode, and uh, so we'll. I'm hoping to be able to to do that and. Um, I'll be writing more episodes, and whoever wants to write an episode can well, write send, an episode. S- send me the Bible. I'll see what I can so, come up with. Uh, for, I, it's, it's right there. And, <laughs> so for folks w- wondering, give it like a shell. Like This is in space. Is it mm-hmm. kind of Star Trek-y? Are we doing Star Wars? Or are we doing you know Jupiter Ascending? Blake Seven. Where are we going? We're Blade Runner. Are we doing Blade, Blade. Runner? We're doing Stargate. <laughs> what are we doing? Like, kind of give me a ballpark of. Oh, okay. Well, it's a, it's, it's our own world. It's our own ship. It's, it's own, it has its own look. So it's, a, it's unique to the ship. It's unique so to the, the ship. So the ship goes, the viewer goes. Right. It's unique to the ship. There's a, a backstory to, to the, to the ship itself, which, um, which we explored in the boneyard, and so the, you know, the, the movie takes off from, from that. And so the ship is a little more utilitarian, yet still obviously modern, you know. Uh, the captain comes from a long line of, of um, ship's captains, tall, massive ship's captains. So his study it looks like the inside of a 16th century Spanish galleon. So when you walk into his office, it's a bit of a surprise because he's got all kinds of memorabilia from his family. A painting that I did myself uh, sits behind him of a tall massive ship. So, um, do you mind me cutting in real quick? Are these what are called practical sets, which means you have you know real walls and stuff, or is some of this is it green most screen? Most of it or? is. Okay. Most of it is pra- as much as we could do. Uh, we did practically. Um, some people have offered their homes. Um, some people we have we did some filming in a park, a nearby park. Um, um, and that was a wonderful scene. You know, there's so much to learn, so much to learn about filming outdoors, which we did. We learned. 
Um, but my school, Covenant, Covenant Christian, has offered their school, and I've, I've shot a lot of the movie in my school with some green screens and me just putting tape down walls for hallways and um, just to make it look, you know, like a starship. So Well, it takes a lot of, you know, I guess the word is chutzpah to do this because, you know, usually when there's something low budget or, or someone's trying something new, you know, that's why horror is, is such a, a popular thing because it's cheap to put on. You, you know, you got a bunch of red dye number five and a bottle of Kara syrup. You got all the blood you need mm-hmm. and, you know, people running through the woods. So that's why slasher films or horror films are like the first ones done. Uh, failing that, you know, the slice, the home life kind of stuff where you're just in someone's house and shoot the whole thing. But to take on a science fiction trope that includes, you know, space travel and interiors and exteriors, that takes a lot of gumption to do. <laughs> yeah, it also takes a lot of research. I spent a lot of time learning about all things that you would, might need to know when you're traveling through space. You know, things that really haven't happened yet, but I've had to learn about hydroponics, you know, and, and how would that work on my particular ship, trying to make it unique, you know. Um, having a lot of the same types of characters uh, in, in the officer hierarchy, but trying to make those characters unique uh, with their own personalities and backstories. Um, yeah, and then learning all that it takes to learn to, to create these alien characters that I really wanted to present as part of the for part of the crew and part of our otherworldly experiences. So I've had to learn a lot about prosthetics and um, costuming wasn't a problem. I've been doing costuming for 25 years. So I was was ready for that, but I wasn't really ready for the prosthetics. I had to learn how to do that. So we did. We learned, and um, I think our characters turn out pretty well, pretty well. Um, I'm sure we'll learn more as we go. But, uh, yeah, it's been, wow. Had I known, maybe I wouldn't have stepped into it. But I think ignorance, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> and um, as long as you're not afraid to, uh, to try something, then just go for it. That's and Tina Lockhart sitting right here across from me. She's the one that sort of pushed me forward with the writing to begin with. So I'm forever grateful to her for being that person, that encouraging person, um, when I thought, ah, this is ridiculous. What am I doing? And she said, no, no, just, you know, write it again. Try this, you know, talk to Sean. Okay, I'll do all that, <laughs> you know. And she got me there. She got me there. Without Tina pushing, I doubt I would have. I don't think I would have stepped in. And not, not as a movie, anyway. I was thinking maybe as a stage production, which sounded daunting as well. But I thought maybe we could do that or just put it on in the park or whatever, you know. But, um, no, someone says, hey, you know, why don't, we just, why don't we just film it? How hard could that be, right? <laughs> well, so, yeah, how hard I, I will let you know. I was, I was listening to an interview with the editor from Saving Private Ryan, and they're talking about, you know, today's technology to make a movie and make it work is one of the coolest things because he's, they were talking about back in the day, it was like you had to buy film. And that was the biggest hump to get over was you had to buy the film. So when you're trying to make a movie, like an independent movie, you still had to find a backer who wanted to spend, you know, $10,000 on film. Oh, and, yeah. And so it was like, so you're, you're, you're good. I think you got it. So you got the tools, and I think well, I think just making it happen is probably the most important persistent. part. Oh yeah. Well, and, and I have a script idea. 
Oh, awesome. So my idea. <laughs> so, no, no. My uh, script idea is it's my, my goal, overall goal in the script is to piss off as many nitpickers as possible. So every technical thing is wrong in it. Oh, yeah. So they're like, that couldn't happen in space. <laughs> like, that's what I really want people to say. And then I really want, my goal would be get people to write you and uh, be like, this one episode is totally wrong. Yeah. And like, but it's like little things. So yeah. only like people who are really paying attention to yeah. that kind of like the hydroponic thing, I'll get it way wrong. And so it's just, I, you that, know what? I'd be a lot of fun. Just have him water it. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And oh. we'll make sure they have his email address. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, the thing is that I'm sure there's going to be people that are going to do that with this movie. But you know what? It's my world. Well, that's what I'm saying. And, this and is what space gives it, is a future. Yeah. And, you know, it may not be what we're expecting. And nobody knows for sure how certain things are going to be working. And everything that we've seen and all these zillions of uh, different uh, spaceship adventures are... A lot of it is just comes out of people's imagination. Sure. So um, I say the sky's cool. the limit, and let's just not. There's no rules. Well, that's, that's what. Well, I think that's really fun. That I always enjoyed about Star Trek and shows like Sliders and Sci-Fi and Space is they really allow the open-endedness to each episode, and then they allow you to end it in each episode. So it's not you're not in your mind going like, oh, this is going to be 18 episodes long of this storyline. It's more of What's going to happen next? Right. And then that's right. that's one thing I really fell in love with Star Trek as mm -hmm. the base because mm -hmm. you get a full show mm -hmm. or a full ride in one episode. Right. And I think that's challenging to the writers but also exciting right. to the writers. It stimulates, oh, how do we create this unique scenario and end it in 48 minutes exactly. or 30 minutes? But still work on continuing the character, yeah. you know, and, and exploring their characters and and, and trying to add that into the next episode. That's what I'm interested in. I want my my movie and my episodes to be more about the characters than all about the science. Yeah. There'll be some science, and I'm trying. I tried to write it intelligently and did as much research as I could cram into my feeble brain. But um, I really want it to be about the story and about the characters and 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 what they see out there because I can just imagine. If, if we were out traveling and beyond the Alliance planets, which are the, the main uh, planets that are involved um, before they move out into the unknown space, I mean, not everything out there is going to be advanced. Friendly. Friendly or advanced. And, um, I think know, that's what, fun. What would happen? What would happen? That's you know? cool. And I don't like that whole prime directive thing. We're not doing that. If they can help, they're going to help. Well, they break it every day anyway uh, so. yes i'm exactly true <laughs> exactly true well That's i think that, you know if you're based off of other creations it's kind of like you you do set set your parameters but then you're on for so long i imagine in their points of view it's like we can't really go anywhere we built the chains that bind us now mm -hmm. and they're like screw it do whatever you know <laughs> yeah yeah, well, you Which, know... As long as it's entertaining... That's what I'm saying. You yeah. make that one episode that has all the things wrong with it, and be like, you know what? We can be wrong. Look at this episode. And then that's why people kind of go, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Just, mm -hmm. I well, think it'd be fun. And that's why I enjoy it. I think Stargate is probably my favorite. And I love that once in a while they threw in just a funny... Well, you know, Sean's favorite character from Star yeah. Trek is Q. Oh yeah, that's well, his favorite. Awesome. That's his favorite written character. <laughs> where did he's this like, come from? I'm just making. I figured you'd hate Q because he's just. <laughs> nah, I love. He's John just DeLand. put in the show where it's like randomly. <laughs> hey, let's just do whatever we want. He's like a god. Well, I want to talk about because you know I've seen some shots of some of like the the, the makeup and actors, and I'm really impressed with um, you know you use local actors. 
<clears throat> and Dennis, and listener Dennis is, is one of them. Mm. And I saw this picture of him. I got pulled this up. This this makeup is he just looks so disgusting and revolting and mm. alien. And the, wait, oh, that's his profile picture. Yeah, that's, that's, that's no that's makeup involved. Okay, <laughs> sorry, Dennis. That's your natural look. My my bad. He much he looks much worse than that in the movie. He's. <laughs> I didn't think that was possible. Love you, Dennis. Yeah. But um, so let's remind people in case people are tuning in. So it's called. Invictus, Invictus Chronicles, right. plural dick, so remember mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do people find out about this? Where do they go? Well, they can go on Facebook. Um, they can look up um, in the Invictus Chronicles site under Lynn Peverell. Um, you'll see the entire process from the beginning till now. So I wanted for people to get the sense of what it takes to, to do something like this from a newbie's perspective. So they can see our struggles. They can see, um, you know, the process of the, you know, the auditioning, the process of the rehearsals, and um, you know, the outcome of the scenes and and how the green screens work, um, you know, how the set building is. I mean, I mean, I've learned so much, and I was hoping that uh, we could, we could teach more people about it and show people that it's just possible to do this we originally we were going to film with with our with our camera with our phones mm-hmm. because we didn't have anything else well then um then eric presley uh stepped up um he teaches at montgomery high school he does all of their video work for montgomery high school and he does all his video work for church um and he said let's do it with a dslr so that was just one step up from a phone though um we met with several producers before we started this and found out how much it would cost to have it produced professionally. <laughs> and they have, of course, the really nice cameras, the big red cameras and all yeah, that. Which we're, we're shooting awesome. a film on red right now, and that, yeah. that, that'll kill, the cost of running one of those will kill you. Yeah, and that, so we realized, no, that's not going to happen. And nobody was interested in doing it for free. So um, the DSL is working out. And mm-hmm. uh, the producer I mean, that, or not the producer, Steven but the Steven Sonnenberg released a movie last year filmed the whole thing on iphone yeah yeah, well, yeah. It, it's it's popular phones nowadays are better than a yeah. lot of these so. it's popular it's kind of a kitschy type uh genre and it's been and, and, he, and they suggested we did we do that so um it came close to that and then eric came along so um and you guys have a baby yoda because that's the big thing. <laughs> Not you, yet. you got to create a baby Not Yoda. Everyone's yet. scrambling to come up with their own baby Yoda. Yeah, I know. I, you know, I would, in the future episodes, I think they'll be picking, someone's going to pick up a pet. You should totally recall it and have like a baby in the guy's belly and then make it cute <laughs> instead of like grotesque. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like I don't like looking at yeah, things that yeah. are so gross that you just kind of go, ew. Well, because that way you always have a character who's exposing himself or herself, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, we got... we." Got, what do you think, Dr. Z? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since it's a family-oriented movie, probably we'll keep that to a minimal. But um, that's how I got that my... <laughs> that's how I got my editor, because... I put it out on Facebook. I said, hey, I need a, an editor that's willing to work for screen credit, you know. And, yeah. And well, lo I mean, and that, behold. That sounds, that's one yeah. thing I love about your project. It sounds mm-hmm. like it's fun. So yeah. I want to be involved, even if I'm right. eating hamburgers in the background, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and I'm you know, what, doing whatever. Like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. And Well, I want as many people as want to, um, locals. And if we move forward, there's going to be whole planets um, that I would like to have a big, you know, big little villages and and whatever you know to um 
you know, just bring as many uh, local people as want to be involved. And if someone's willing to uh, pay some money, I'll give them a great big role. <laughs> you know, if you're from Canada and you want a role in one of my my films, sure. You know? Well, I know there, there's Donate. a lot of avid, yeah. There's a lot of avenues for people to get involved yeah. financially. Are you doing anything like a Kickstarter, Patreon no, kind of thing? No. Is it just more of like it's contact been, us on Facebook and we'll figure it out? Yeah, you know, it's been just me making everything. And yeah. my husband um, works in construction, and he just brings home stuff that you know he does a lot of school remodels. So that's cool. Whatever they tear out, he'll bring in, and well, you can't imagine what we've gotten. Um, well, that's yeah, it's something like <laughs> yeah. It, also, I mean, inspiration yeah. comes for that. It's like, it hey, does. we looked out. Look at this. This will work. Look, honey, I got three dozen toilet seats. We'll <laughs> find some. Well, yeah. the planet <laughs> everybody texture. lives Background on a toilet. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Background texture. Whatever. No. Yeah. So, uh, Bill's been. My husband has just been incredible. Just oh my goodness. Well, it does take. It sounds like it and takes. And then they a find out the Metamucil's in it the does. air. It does. So that's why they live on toilet. That's, that's a good toilet so that's, episode. That's a yeah. good episode. <laughs> Metamucil's just in the air. People breathe it in. It's mm-hmm. like oh. That's telling nice. you, you got to get creative with it. Sounds like Dick, you need to be like writing this stuff down, my friend. No, but um, <laughs> well, come on. No, anyway, kidding. I think you could do better. Oh, yeah. Could, that's just one part. Write, that's the beginning. That's the opening scene. That's the cold open. <laughs> you always got to open with a toilet joke. And then I it, know Sean can write an episode. <laughs> I know he can. So, um, I'm going to write the toilet but, episode is what I'm going to write. Yeah, right, yeah. You write the funny Can I one. do my predator crying game? <laughs> can I finally execute yeah. my, my dream? <laughs> we're we're going to do the Schwarzenegger movie, aren't we? Yeah, Schwarzenegger, Predator, but it has the crying game switch at the end. At the end, no, you got to do it halfway uh, through. Oh, halfway through, because okay. you need the resolution. Oh yeah, because they have to re- with, Yeah, you know. this is gonna be good. Yeah. Oh goodness, what have I gotten into? <laughs> I want to back up a little bit. You're talking about do you have financing, um, backing, and all this? Yeah. When she started this, now she has thanked everybody, and we want to also thank you because of the radio mm-hmm. program that we once created here, the old-fashioned radio plays that mm-hmm. we brought back. You, you Sean, and I. Um, and Rick, mm-hmm. and we got involved thanks to Dick letting us, yeah. and we opened it to the public to write and, mm-hmm. and send us a play, and Lynn was one of them that was aired. But thank you for allowing the community to come together here and show their talent. Yeah. You're, you know, well, your it's community. cool to see it grow into what it is. Cause yeah. Well, I, you, know, if, you know, to have something that you've written be published in that way, was, it, was, it just blew my mind, first of all. And encouraged me to do more. So yes, thank you for that. Thank you for that. And so I'm the best. We know. We yes, yes. we, we the love greatest you. of all we time. Love you. <laughs> but then she said, "Tina, I want to do something for the community." Mm-hmm. And it started just for the community. Get the community involved. And she says, "What can we do? What can I do?" Well, one day I got a phone call, and she says, "Tina, I've done it. I, you've done what?" Well, I took my radio script that we did on air, and I made it to, into a film. I said, you did? She goes, well, I'm working on it. I said, you are? She did all this on her own. Just With encouragement. Well, but she did it all on her own. All the credit goes to her. She created all this on her own. Really no one backing her other than Bill. And, I mean, you've had help along the way. The yeah, cast, we've had small donations. It. Yeah. And the, yeah, and the cast has come together. Yes, so. but you created this. But she started for the community. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't funded or she didn't ask for any money. This is all out of her own pocket. But as it grows, 
Yeah, you never know. You never I'm know hoping. who's going to come forward. Canada, whoever. We'll see. We'll see what <laughs> hey, you just, Yeah, you just got to dupe somebody. That's right. Yes, that's right. right. I, I think I already have my editor. He's, I sent, I gave him, he goes, let me see the script. And he read it and he goes, yeah, I can do something with this. And, I'm telling you, it's fun. And Sounds he saw fun. some of the footage and he, and because I, I was worried about that. It's on a DSLR. Is it going to be good enough quality? Can it be on a big screen? Whatever. He goes, don't worry about any of that. I'll take care of it. He said, this is fine. And then he did a little, little. he sent me a little uh, bit of footage where he did some uh, CG in the background on one of our green screens, and it looked great. So I thought, okay, I guess we can do this. And he said, the sky's the limit, whatever you want. So it's like, okay. And he goes, if I can find a way to make you some money, will you pay me then? I said, oh, yes, sir, I'll pay you and everybody else, <laughs> including me. And everybody in the community has really come together to support her. Mm-hmm. You know, people just step forward. People want to be in space. Well, so. who doesn't? Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't want exactly. to be part of that? Just don't Jacob Ladder to the story. Just don't do that. Like, that always ruins everything for me when it's always a dream or something. Spoilers. No, we're not doing that. No, I hate that. I don't like it either. I hate that. Mm -mm. Where you think... I would do it in my episode, though. Of course you would. Because we're doing everything I hate. Yeah. That's that's the punishment (laughs) I give myself. Dick's episode is going to feature 14 shower scenes, so we're just going to bypass that. Probably not. Hallmark might not like that. But so. Lynn also, she does sculpture and paintings. And well, that's all. Didn't she do one of the benches in. out here? I've done several benches, which all in need to be Connor? redone again. How so. Well, I mean, they, people sit on them. Well, they do, but then... Um, the rain, then we have an 18-hour rain coming, yeah, and then dirt, especially when they're doing construction. There's some... Crichton. Yeah. There's things that have happened. There's some chemicals that have been sprayed. That Anyway, so those, those are what? all going to be redone. People are spraying it? Well, they go along and they spray the plants. The spl- they do something, and then like some of the benches, you'll notice that yeah. at the bottom they're kind of corroded. But Power so wash. most of the benches are in need of being redoing. But they're you they're, didn't do the oil one though, right? No, I did the one Good, right outside that of one here. Hurts when one. you walk by it. Oh no, no. Like no. I hit it sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> no, and I did the I did the one of the airport when it was uh, an airport. Yeah, when it was a base. I did that over by the. By the uh, right by the courthouse, and then I did a carno- the the Montgomery County Fair one. That's yeah, on the way, and those are still in pretty good shape. But this one, you should be proud of this. People should take those out. Come to downtown Connor. There's yeah, a bunch of art benches. A, it's cool. A nice art benches. They they all need uh, repair. But the city's looking into ways to do that, and so that doesn't happen again. But yeah, no, I'm I'm an artist uh, by trade. I do sculpture, and I do I'm a painter. I teach art at Covenant Christian, so um, I have to verse in pretty much every media so now, does that transfer over to like makeup oh yes well you know i've had i have had um some help with that and um i, I don't want to miss i don't want to miss some 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 names that uh that i that people have helped me um uh, with that and um let's see here yeah um andrew stewart he's um, a montgomery high school um graduate and um, a wonderful makeup artist and he came in right away and started helping um, create some of the characters so he's he's been helping a lot and um, so many so many other people um, Amber um, uh, uh, what's her last name I don't know but Amber she's... oh I'm mad no, she's she's actually a high school student right oh, now okay. then it's not the one I'm but I don't about. have her on my cast list so that's why I can't Remember but she's right had now. so many people come forward to yes. help. And most of these people have been in theater before mm-hmm. or 
something to do with the fine arts or, right. or performing arts. Right. And so right. you're getting quality help. Everybody's yes, coming. Yes, I am. And, you know, and then when we have big scenes where we've got 30 people in a scene, then they all help each other with makeup mm-hmm. and their hair. And mm-hmm. they make them so. I mean, that's, that's the coolest thing because they want to look good. So they create really great characters for themselves. So and Marty's had, helping you? Marty. Marty, is, Marty has been a co-director with me. I um, came to her in the very beginning because of her uh, vast experience in directing. She'd never done anything like this before, so I had to kind of, I kind of had to, you know, twist her arm a bit. But um, she's had a lot of fun. She, had, makes, she makes a good admiral in it. Yeah, Nicola. she's she's playing Admiral Lockhart because Tina was originally going to play that part, but she got so it. busy well, in her life. Well, couldn't get the camera angle that Yeah, what Tina, Tina could be say, the ship voice. They say stand up, Admiral. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> does, the, does the ship have a voice? Narrator. It will have a narrator. That'll be Ken. That's Ken's going to be. Yeah, but no, the ship does not have a voice. Um, no, I don't think we're going to go there. I think it's going to be a little more utilitarian cool. than that. Cool, like Babylon um, it'll 5? Have a, it'll have a, a screen, you know, obviously, because that's one thing I never realized. I felt like such an idiot. I didn't realize that those screens were like, they weren't like a window. I thought it was just like a window, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, I'll start dragging this, just, you know. Um, so, yeah. Oh, the bridge screen? Yeah. yeah I just it's... thought it was like a, a, a big window. <laughs> so I didn't know. I mean, it could be. Yeah. I you mean, wonder... you're, making, you're making it up. That's like, yeah, right. it's a window, but then it has like some technology where it's a screen. Oh, right. oh the a- Abrams reboot of Star Trek. They did that. Yeah. yeah. I don't see why not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so, but um, it'll be that. So um, you can have other graphics up there when you need to have them. So, uh, but yeah, that's what's, what's be... the ship screensaver? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah. Well, and the captain's going to have some stuff on Played his chair. Play Pong on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, for those of, uh, who may Cadet be tuning in, uh, <laughs> they're going, what's going on here? <laughs> we are talking to Lynn Peverell and Tina Lockhart, and Lynn is the creator and senior producer of uh, Invictus Chronicles, yeah. uh, which started off as a radio pilot and is now being filmed as a feature film with uh, aspirations of a series after that, using a lot of local talent. And uh, now, are there any resources. bad guys in this, or is oh, it yes. more of just like yeah. I meant like a central bad guy, not just like oh, we encountered um, some well, wild animals and well, uh, Tina, Tina, uh, um, Marty's playing, she's playing an admiral, and uh, Rick is playing um, a colonel, and they're the earth based alliance um, hierarchy, and they've got nefarious plans to sort of oh. take over the alliance so they've got some sneaky things going on and that'll that'll unfold as we do more episodes and this movie ends with uh, with a plot that they're plotting so um, we'll see more about that but in the meantime we have little uh, alliances and bad guys mm-hmm. that kind of try to get in the way and steal stuff and um, of course Invictus uh, deals with them you know swiftly so um yeah that's cool so for for folks listening how can they get involved like what do you want do you want money do you want help with you know set construction like what are you looking for well um right now we're we're working on the bridge set and we i left that for the last because i just want it to be wonderful and um it's it's a lot 
it's a lot. So I have a, a design, but uh, the electrical components, I want there to be, you know, wonderful consoles with all kinds of colorful buttons. It's not going to be, I don't need it to be, you know, Star Trek-y where you look. There's schematics everywhere you look on the bridge. Um, just on the consoles. And there's about six consoles on the ship. So I'm looking for ways to make that happen. So... Um, I have some ideas, but it would be wonderful if somebody that had some experience with that could step up, because um, I would really like to get that filmed in the next uh, couple of months so that we can move on. In the meantime, we're uh, doing some rough editing, um, and then that'll go on then to um, my, my editor that will, that will do all the fancy stuff. So that's going to take a while. I'm not expecting a product till about this time next year if we get everything else done. Because mm -hmm. he was saying that we may want to reshoot some scenes, which would be which would be awful if we had to do that, but we might. You well, know, we take might. a page from the uh, George Lucas handbook, uh, you know, in the Death Star, when they're blowing up planets, the, the little switching. That's a switcher from a, a TV editing station. Oh, they yeah? Just, they just grab consoles and slap, you know, dressing on it. So when they're doing that mm -hmm. on Star, Star Wars, that's just a, a video editor switcher. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, we're using we're using the the gaming things. Mm -hmm. We use that in the shuttle. Um, one of our characters, um, Jenna Kirk, is uh, plays our navigator, and she she'll be she has her own seat, kind of special seat that she navigates from. So um, yeah, so we use whatever we can find and try to ch switch it up to make, make it a it musical based society, and everything's on a Casio keyboard. <laughs> you, didn't yeah. go, you didn't go the Dune, a G minor the Dune chord way. with a sustained seventh will get you to Alpha Centauri. I like the Dune way where they just have aliens do <laughs> smoke some stuff. And yeah, then, right. and take then, a token, and, and then they man, uh, bring going, you to the other side of the galaxy. We're going to Caladan. Hold on, dudes. <laughs> I, mean, I love it. I love but it. But money's good too. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it would be nice to recoup. We've we've probably spent about seven thousand. Where can is, people contact you then? Where, where's um, the best place for Invictus? They Chronicles? can they can probably get me through Facebook. Just Messenger. look up Lynn Peril on Messenger. On I'll be linking all the stuff. Yeah. I did find you guys Invictus Chronicles on Facebook. I'll be right. linking that to you the description. And if you haven't so. already, you need to like now uh, go uh, to GoDaddy and get yourself InvictusChronicles.com before someone else gets it and holds it. You'd be <laughs> surprised oh well, that's probably we didn't true. start or she didn't start that at first because it was just a community project and now it's grown so big well, what do i know well no you know, no what do i know no. yeah so, you didn't okay. even know the bridge was a screen <laughs> yeah i didn't i, I did so, so now it's grown so things. big that you're gonna yeah. go forward with this and well, that you have the community supporting you mm -hmm. and since this this is a community project you may find the community supporting you financially yeah. Because well, it's coming be back awesome. to them, and half of the community's yeah. in it. There's going to be, and a lot more coming down the pike. That's if all, right. You know, if all That's goes right. well. And that, yeah, and it does depend on that, because mm -hmm. Bill and I cannot continue right. to, to fund um, everything, so... Um, that's, you know, mostly because... Well, we, Dick will sell his blood plasma to be oh, an okay, extra. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, it might come to that with me. So. I can't. I lived in England after 1980, so they won't let me donate blood anymore. So <laughs> I'll have to hit another kind Great of... Great excuse. I'll have to hit another kind of donation bank to Great get some money excuse. going. Well, you know, you could sell your kidney. <laughs> he already did. Uh, yeah, I woke up in. I was the guy that woke up in the bathtub filled with ice. And, uh, after that rave, it's not going to work. <laughs> well, Lynn, your story is so encouraging because you, in your mind, had nothing and you created it into something. And you have Sean here, Dick here, your husband, many mm -hmm. others that believed mm -hmm. in you and still believe in you. Right. And you have created 
this fabulous show, movie, mm. play, screenwrite, whatever you want to call mm. it. Screenplay. Screenplay. Yes, screenplay. Yeah. Into this. And it keeps growing. And so you're an inspiration to the community as well, well as others. So. Yes, you are. And you're teaching them along the way what right. it's lo- really like. And you know, I'm involving all my my students. It's so funny because I'm, you know, we're making small models for like like the 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 planet that we go to requires several models. So my students are working on those. So they'll get credit for those at state art championships, and they'll also get screen credit for those for those, um, you know, for those products that they they're doing for me. And I have one kid working on CG. That's he's wonderful. He's doing all the ships. So I don't have to worry about that. We'll have a, a ship that will turn three-dimensionally and all that. Um, She's bringing the community together. There you go. Yeah, cool. Very nice. Well, thank you so Trying. much for uh, talking about this and coming in. And we look forward to following, especially you said next around this time next year you'll have kind of a final product for a full feature-length film. Dick and I can do the soundtrack. Just do a beatbox version. I don't, yeah. I don't have sound people. No. Yeah, that's one thing I don't have yet. Is I need to find sounds. Um, oh, we got lots of that. sounds. I'm sure you do. So yeah. Approaching alien. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Anyway, so that's a helicopter sound, right, Sean? Oh, there we go. <laughs> No, I, I will say, Ember Brockman. She, that's the name I was trying to, that Ember. was making me mad. But Ember, she's a high school student helping with makeup. She's been wonderful. So, and you know, the crew. Zach Kirk, huge Star Trek nut. And he plays our captain. And he's been a lot of help. He's just a nut. So you got a guy named Kirk playing the captain. That's fate right there. Yeah. Yeah. The original, when we originally wrote the the radio play, he wanted it to be that. And then Sean told us that we couldn't do Mm -hmm. that. So that's when everything changed. (laughs) (laughs) The destiny. I I think that's what's kind of neat about the way the community around uh, sci-fi works is people just want to do it. Mm -hmm. But then when, uh, like... Because I know there's a lot of history with Star Trek remakes or right, fan-made right. stuff, and there's a lot of financial people right. getting sued, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's, it kind of amazes me that uh, the really community doesn't really care. They're like, we're still going to do whatever we can like allow to do. Yeah. And I think I think the people who own that kind of stuff, like they should. I mean, there's at one point you can say no, but like that has to be a really high point. Like that's when you're releasing well, the, the movie the, in the theater. Like Lucas was great at, he would give Star Wars props to any independent filmmaker as long as they signed a contract that they wouldn't make any money off of it. So you got, mm-hmm. you know, comedies like Troops, which is a Star Wars version of Cops, about these two stormtroopers, <clears throat> where they used like real props and everything that, that Lucas gave them. Um, Paramount was great with Star Trek related film stuff until this uh, movie came, Star Trek Axanon. Uh, came out, was it which is it was too or good. What? Um, and so that's when Paramount changed. <laughs> well, I'm saying there's, the a, there's a point, but it's Stephen like... King even has a thing for a lot of his short stories. Uh, I can't remember the name of his program, but you you buy the rights for one dollar and you can do whatever you want with it. Put it on the air, make it a play or whatever. And these are his lesser known stuff, usually in the short stories from his mm-hmm. uh, uh, collections days. Scary so, stuff. So a lot of you know a lot of big. Th- uh, Entities will do that to, to help the the knowing that it take takes a lot of money to render a, a CGI ship, or even you know make a realistic looking gun. Yeah, my so episode expensive. would be all little yeah. models. Yeah, uh, and like the exterior shots would be Playmobil, 
And that's I'm telling you, it's a great episode. Just people black, people are gonna be like, "What's going no, on?" Just wear a black glove and hold the model like this, yeah. so they can't see your fingers. <laughs> oh no! Oh, they're gonna get us. I don't have to do I'll that because I have that, a kid doing that for me. And then what we, we <laughs> so. do is we run a promo before it's like exciting new episode with explosions, Boom. like ship to ship warfare. Boom. Well, there is all of that in the movie, oh, so I know. we're gonna need all that. So. Oh man, that'd be um, great. But you know, I don't, I don't want to have to worry about any of that. That's why we had to create our own. Thanks, Saving Private Ryan, but in story, space. Our own everything. I so. like that, Dick. I like that. Yeah, you got to promote the episode. Saving Private Ryan in space. It's Think Saving Private Ryan in space. <laughs> you can have a spaceship on strings. Show the strings as it's blowing across. Yeah. Well, you know, people good. are doing that kind of stuff, and it's funny, and it's people love it. Oh, yeah, they, they do. love it. Because they're making fun of what's already Yeah, we still love Ed Wood. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Well, I think that's, I, I think if you, especially you could tell with the cast and everything, if, if things are flowing, you can tell fun is happening mm-hmm. but it might be like a serious scenario where you know someone's threatening to kill planet or whatever okay. but you know like me that's why i like star trek was like i love how they're seriously taking this yeah because yeah. i love it but uh-huh. then you know how much fun it is to yeah. be in that yeah because you and that's what always amazed me with the main captains they find is like patrick stewart to me never seemed like a star trek person he seemed like a person who does Shakespeare in his sleep, mm-hmm. and that's what he mm-hmm. does. He does this. He thing. does do Shakespeare. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, but it's amazing how he can focus that that energy into the Star Trek, right? And being that's, a serious captain. Yes, yeah. and then same thing with uh, is it Catherine Milgrew? Milgrew? Kate Milgrew. Kate Milgrew. Like, because mm-hmm. I've heard of her, and I little, and when she is the captain, I'm like, mm-hmm. she doesn't seem like she knows what the hell's going on yeah. when it comes to the terminology and stuff. But she. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the that... story behind that. I don't want to get too much. Yeah, down she the wasn't supposed hole. to be. No, it was uh, Catherine Genevieve, some French lady. Yeah, and she lasted one day on set. They're like, they fired her. They're like, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Well, and I, think, I like... saw the footage, and they they wasted a lot of film on that one day oh, with wow. her just walking around and oh, wow. not knowing what she was saying. And I think it was John Delancey actually called up Kate Mulgrew because she had been originally planned for it, and like, can you be on set tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, but I think that's really important, too, is, you know, when you're watching the show, I know me being a sci-fi fan, I give a lot of forgiveness to get into it because you just know, like, nothing's really perfect. But then at one point... Well, you got to set the universe, like Lynn's having mm-hmm. to do with, with mm-hmm. Invictus Chronicles, is you have, there's a whole history that she's not relying on Star Trek or the Orville yeah, or Star Wars. It's just from mm-hmm. scratch, mm-hmm. and people need to be dumped in the deep end. Uh, right away with right. enough exposition so they'll be able to catch up. Right. I'm excited about it. That was a lot I, of learning. I eat this stuff a lot of learning about the writing, you know. That's Tina helped with that and helped me realize, you know, how I needed to start. So anyway That's but, cool. It's exciting. Yeah. It has been it's been such a ride and we <laughs> we we decided to we're building a house out of my property and we thought we need to do this one big scene where we're on this other planet and they're in this chamber and I need to do it there because we can we need to build this whole scene and in, inside my house and it was like late September I thought oh Bill will be able to get the air conditioning working good enough no 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 <laughs> it was and those actors and here they are with all these layers of costumes on and and suddenly it's a desert planet and it and it, oh, we had children there because the species these people like dennis the people on that planet they age in reverse so dennis this old man is actually a six-year-old 
Oh, so, perfect. Yeah. Perfect casting. Talk about yeah. typecast. And it worked out. I mean, his acting is spectacular. So we had children there, and they're here. They're wearing these so robes. So drooling, incontinent, <laughs> yeah. uh, in, uh, inarticulate. Yeah. yeah, it's like you didn't even have to audition for yeah. this. Be yourself, Dennis. <laughs> so we had all these little kids, and they're like the masterminds of this planet and, and what this planet um, it's is, a little baby is, does. The planet has a purpose, and these yeah. children are run this device anyway. And they're just, we had this makeup, there was this sweat. But they were such troopers, you know, and you you know you have a great cast when they put up with that. And and I, I don't know how many times I apologized that day. Anyway, but it's been it's been a, an, a, a, a learning experience. Um, well, cool. Knows what to do next and what so not to do. Victus Chronicles, <laughs> Invictus check it out. Uh-huh. Invictus. What am I saying? Invictus. You said Victus. Oh, okay. No, this is Invictus. We're Invictus. All right. <laughs> not on Victus, not with Victus. We're Invictus. Well, cool. then we're all very proud of you, everybody mm-hmm. in the community. Now, before really... we, I know, know we're running out of time, but I know Tina had a couple of shout outs she wanted to yeah. get today. Yeah, some, I some do. local community nonprofits. Yeah, what's going on, Tina? Yeah. Well, okay. First off, I want to say welcome to Pastor Damon Sneed and his wife, Mary. They just moved into the community. And, Good luck. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> we'll be sending people his way. <laughs> no, Pastor Sneed, he teaches a program called Will of Faith. And it's over Will here. Will of Faith! <laughs> Yay! And he spins that wheel, and we see what we come up with. <laughs> no. Oh, is, it, is this real? I'll take this model for 500 <laughs> Well, he does have fun with it. Okay. <laughs> he is on YouTube, but he, he teaches at the church at, let's see here, Seventh Day let's stop talking to the mic. Church. Yeah, don't forget. Uh, there you go. Okay, there you thank you, Lou. I'll hold it up for you. There, there you go. my love. I appreciate it. He, te- he pe- teaches and preaches at Conroe Seventh Day Adventist Church in Conroe. That's Adventist, not Invictus. Right? That's right. That's right. Not at all Invictus. The Adventist Chronicles. Right. <laughs> and he's there, and they have Sabbath on Saturday. So they have a good breakfast in the morning. So go by the church there, and you can reach them at ConroeSDA.net. You can go to my web page or my Facebook page, and I'll give you more information. Mary Sneed, she is the wife of the pastor there, and she's creating outreach programs for the area. So she'll we'll know more about that in time. Um, there are uh, let's see, King's Church. They've moved to the rec center at Candy Cane Park, and they have their services 10 to 12. Is that right, Lynn? 10.30 to 12. 10.30 to 12. They just moved, and we want to mm-hmm. let people know that. There is a homeless outreach program going on. It's called Go Day, January 18th at 2 o'clock at the Seventh Day Adventist Church in Conroe. They create packages for the homeless. Julie White Davis wants us to know about Hope's tr- Bridge. Thank you. Hope's Bridge. The mic just kind of floats down, and I'm trying to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Hope's Bridge, and it's a nonprofit organization that fosters, um, well, that helps foster kids, kinship, and adopted families. They supply things that they may need. And let's see here. Um, the 43rd Taste of Town is coming up in the Woodlands by the Chamber of Commerce Thursday on January 15th from 4 to 9 at the Marriott. They need volunteers. Bag of Love, January 4th, 2 o'clock, and that is 301 North Thompson. They create bags for children that are in need. Brenda Myers, she's a book in herself. She has uh, the Impact Center in Shepherd. And January 24th at 7 o'clock, they're having a meeting. It is going to be on the awareness of suicide. So it's going to be a monthly meeting out there in Shepherd. And this month, it's suicide awareness. Green Zone Housing in Huntsville. 
they provide homes for the vets. Home, they, well, it's just housing for homeless vets, I should say it mm -hmm. that way. And then Harvest Family Church has an encounter weekend. It's all weekend, January 16th to the 19th. Click on encountering.com. And they're located in Conroe. And you can go to my Facebook page for more information. And I that's just want Tina Lockhart. I just want to run so, through that go. really yeah, fast. Yeah, got a lot of stuff going on there. A lot, a lot of well, great nonprofits. We got to close out the show, guys. Yeah. yeah. So thank you all so much for coming in. Uh, thank you for tuning in to Dick and Skippy on Lone Star Community Radio. We'll be back next Monday, this upcoming Monday, I guess. Correct a Monday. And we look forward to having that. If you're interested in being a guest, contact us at dickandskippy at gmail.com. Or call in and leave a message at 936-228-9368. Uh, thanks you for tuning in, and thank you to our sponsors. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys later. Peace. <laughs>